please turn with me to page 427 for tonight's first reading, Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. And the second reading tonight is from Colossians, uh, chapter 3, verses 12 to 17, which is on page 834. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. It's great to see you tonight. Look at this quote from G.K. Chesterton. He says, when it comes to life, the critical thing is whether you take things for granted or whether you take them with gratitude. Look at that quote again. When it comes to life, the critical thing is whether you take things for granted or whether you take them with gratitude. So when you're preaching on a topic like thankfulness, As a preacher, there's an easy target. It's called uh, grumbling or complaining. I could preach a sermon on grumbling, preach a sermon on complaining, and say, hey, look, we have so much. Why do we we complain so much? And I could say things like, you know, we're like the Israelites, and God rescued them out of slavery from Egypt. He brought them to the promised land, and what did they do? They grumbled. Uh, They grumbled they had no water, and so God provided water. And then they grumbled they had no food, and God provided food, and they just kept on grumbling. You know, we are like the Israelites. We have so much, and yet we do complain, and we do grumble. Because just like the Israelites, our our lives are so focused on us, focused on me. We're just self-centered, and so when we view life through our lens called me, we start to complain and we start to grumble. Uh, Someone said this. They've said, I used to think people complained because they had lots of problems. And I know that people have lots of problems because they complain lots. We are complainers, we are grumblers, and that's an insidious sin. But look at this quote again. He doesn't say when it comes to life the critical thing is whether you grumble 
or take them with gratitude. He says whether you take them for granted or take them with gratitude. And I want to suggest when it comes to a topic like thankfulness, there could actually be another insidious sin. And it's called taking things for granted. And so you'll wake up tomorrow morning and you'll have, most of us here will have a, a roof over our head, a bed to sleep in. We'll have food on the table. We'll have clothes in our wardrobe that we put on. We'll walk to work or we'll drive to work or we'll catch a train to work and we've got a job and we've got some money in the bank and all those blessings of God we just take for granted. Family, friends, health, leisure, all of life, basic things that we just take for granted. That's not to mention the, the spiritual blessings that we have in Christ. If you're here tonight and, and you call Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, it means you're forgiven. God has wiped away your sin. It means that you are heirs and co-heirs with Christ. It means there's no condemnation now for you because you're in Christ Jesus. It means that you've got the Holy Spirit living in you. You've got all these spiritual blessings in Christ that we just take for granted. And there are 86,400 seconds in a day. I wonder how many of those seconds that we actually stopped and just said, thank you, God. A simple thing, thank you, God. Do you remember in Luke 17 when 10 lepers come to the Lord Jesus Christ and he heals them with their leprosy? 10 lepers are healed. Only one comes back and says, thank you. It could be that the other nine grumbled about the fact that they'd been healed of the leprosy, but they still had all, all these other needs. It could be that. It's more likely that the other nine just, well, they were just ungrateful and took it for granted. That was Jesus' job. He healed lepers. He healed the sick. They came to him. They got what they wanted. They took it away. Then they just never said thank you. There's a story of a, of a man, a Christian man, who's having dinner in a fast food restaurant. As a Christian, he stops before he eats his meal. He bows his head. And there's a man nearby, and he says, have you got a headache? He says, no, I'm just thanking God for my food. And the man next to him says, oh, you're one of those people, are you? I never say thank you. I just take my food and eat it. And the Christian man turns to him and says, you know, you're just like my dog. My dog does that. I give him food. He just puts his head down. He just eats and never says thank you. It's a trivial example, but actually it's true because every single minute of every single day, God gives us things richly and generously. But just like dogs, we never say thank you. Thankfulness is a subject dear to my heart. I'd love to write a book on it because the Bible is just full of commands to be thankful and examples of people who were thankful. The word for thankfulness or thanks is actually the word Eucharisto. It's the word that we get our word Eucharist from, another name for the Lord's Supper or communion. We're just thanking God for the gift of his son, for his body that's broken, his blood that was shed. What I find fascinating in the Old Testament, in the book of Leviticus, God felt the need to initiate an offering called a thanksgiving offering. Why did God have to do that? Surely the Israelites who had been forgiven and, and rescued, they would just naturally give thanks. 
but God felt the need to initiate an offering to remind them of the importance of just giving thanks to God. Let me be very clear. Uh, thankfulness is not just a nice thing that some people are better at than others. And, and thankfulness isn't just a nice etiquette that you're taught as a child, and depending where you grew up, you're either good at it or bad at it. According to the scriptures, uh, thankfulness is this, this attitude. This attitude in the good times and the bad times, in the times of blessing and the times of trial, that permeates you. Uh, thankfulness is not just a command to give thanks. God actually says, be thankful. We just heard it read, Colossians 3. Be thankful. It's that kind of, that wholehearted lifestyle that you live a life of thankfulness. And I'm totally aware that for some of us here tonight, a sermon on thankfulness is the last thing you want to hear. Because you're in that dark place, you're going through the trials of life, and you don't feel like giving thanks to God. Whether you're suffering from anxiety or, or depression or loneliness or grief or sadness, you don't feel like giving thanks. I hope at the end of this talk, this short talk, that you will understand and you'll delight that you can still be thankful, even, the, even in the dark times of life. Got two E's for you. The first one is this the expectation of thankfulness. Colossians 2, verse 6. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. What Paul is saying here is that. There's a time in your life, if you're a Christian, when you received Jesus Christ as Lord. Once you were in darkness, and then you heard the gospel, you heard the good news of Christ, and you heard it, and you understood it, and you believed it, and you repented, and you turned to Jesus, and you said, thank you, Jesus, thank you for dying for me, and you submitted to Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. You received him as Lord. And for me, that was 20 years ago. And I still remember the, the high or the buzz when I'd understood forgiveness. I'd understood that I could call God my Father. And in those early days as a Christian, I guess the word thank you was readily on my lips. But it's just like any other high, isn't it? Whether it's a, a great success at work or a great sporting achievement, you're on this high, but it quickly, quickly fades. And he says in the Christian life, it's not just about how you start, but it's how you continue. If you put your trust in Jesus as your Lord, it's not just about receiving him as Lord, it's continuing with him as Lord. He says continue to live in him. That daily walk with Christ at the center of your life, rooted in Christ. That's your, your foundations are in Jesus. You're putting down deeper and deeper roots into Jesus. And as you put deeper roots into Christ, you're actually built up and you're strengthened and you flourish and you grow. It's a very simple formula. The more that you understand who Christ is, the more that you focus on him and fix your eyes on Jesus, the more you grow as a Christian. 
But this is it. If you are growing as a Christian, if you are walking with Jesus your Lord, what should you expect to see? Look at those last few words. Overflowing with thanksgiving or overflowing with thankfulness. Uh, the word for overflow is literally erupting. The fountain that's just spurting water everywhere. It's like there's burst water maze in the streets. And you just can't stop it. And what Paul is saying here is that if you are walking daily with Jesus Christ as your Lord, people should look at you and hear you and watch you and say, wow, they're a thankful person. Their lips are marked with thankfulness. Their lives are marked with thankfulness. It just oozes out of you. Thankfulness. And here's the equation. The more you know Jesus, the more thankful you become. The more you know Jesus, you grapple with the scriptures, you understand his character, what he's done for you, the more your lives will be marked by thankfulness. So the more you understand that in Christ there is no condemnation. The more you understand that that nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ. No hardship, no trial, no pain. He is your rock. He is your refuge. The more you've understood that Christ has won the victory for you over, over sin. And so like Paul, you cried, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this sin? And he says, thanks be to God who's given us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 7. And the more you understand that Christ has given you victory over death. There's no sting in death anymore. And Christ has given you victory over the devil. Yeah. that Christ made a public spectacle of the devil at the cross the more you've understood who Christ is and what he's given you the more you start to see life through the lens called Jesus Christ and then your hearts are full of thankfulness you might not have everything that you need you might not have everything that you want but you've got Christ and for that you say thank you do you remember in Luke chapter 7 there's that that sinful woman who interrupts a dinner party and causes outrage. And she walks into this dinner party and she pours expensive perfume onto, onto, the, uh, onto her saviour. She's, oh, she's so overwhelmed with gratitude and thankfulness that she just wants to demonstrate that and express that in the most lavish way. And what I'm saying to you tonight is that if you love Jesus, the more you love Jesus, the more you're in love with Jesus, the more you'll express that gratitude. That's my second point. That thankfulness is not just a feeling that you keep inside. Thankfulness is not just what you do when you're by yourself. You express that thankfulness privately and publicly. You must express your thankfulness privately to God. Daniel chapter 6 talks about Daniel going to his room and praying, giving thanks to his God. Or this verse from Philippians, one of the first memory verses I learned as a Christian. Philippians 4, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. See, Paul is saying, God doesn't just want to hear your shopping lists. God just doesn't want to hear all the things that you want from him or need from him. 
All he wants is to hear lips which are, are marked by thankfulness and thanksgiving. I'm not just talking about the extended period of prayer in the morning or the evening, whenever you do your private prayers. I'm talking about Christians who walk around, walk around the streets, and when they see something to be thankful for, they just shoot up that arrow prayer. So you can give thanks to God for everything. Again, G.K. Chesterton said this. You say grace before meals. That's all right. But I say grace before the concert and the opera. I say grace before the play and the pantomime. I say grace before I open a book. And I say grace before sketching, painting, swimming, fencing, boxing, walking, playing, dancing. I say grace before I dip the pen in the ink. He's saying, I just walk through life just giving thanks to God at every opportunity. And I hope when you pray privately, you do thank God for people. Because when Paul thinks of his church, of God's church, the first thing he does, before he writes what he wants them to do, he tells them that he's thanking God for them. Romans 1 verse 8, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because of your faith. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 4, I always thank God for you because of his grace given you. Ephesians 1 verse 15, ever since I heard about your faith and your love, I haven't stopped giving thanks for you. Philippians 1 verse 3, I thank my God every time I remember you in my prayers. Colossians 1 verse 3, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. 1 Thessalonians 2, 1 verse 2, I always thank God for all of you, mentioning you in our prayers. I could continue. When Paul thinks about people, when Paul thinks about the church, the first thing he does is say, thank you God for them. The irony was that when I was writing this sermon on thankfulness, I was in my office and I kept being interrupted. One of those, those days where every five minutes there's a knock on the door and then someone comes and plays piano and then there's a, a drilling in the, in the school next door and I'm like, Lord, I start to get angry. I start to think negative thoughts about these people playing the piano or interrupting me, and I'm writing a sermon on thankfulness. And I stopped. I just changed my attitude. Thank you, God, that you've given that person the gift of playing the piano, and they can help us worship God in song. Thank you, God, for that person who wants a key to go and set up creche uh, for Tuesday morning Bible study. Thank you, God, for that person who is serving you. And it does change your attitude when you just stop and thank God. So when you look around you, just think of something to be thankful for. The love they're showing or the kindness or that they're zealous for something or the gifts that they're using. Thank God privately and thank God publicly. When we come together, there is something remarkable, something unique about redeemed people coming together just to thank God as one. In the Psalms, over 20 times, it begins, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. And when we gather and we we praise God in song, And we declare his character and what we're thankful for. You're not just thanking him, 
but you're encouraging each other to thank him. Again, Colossians 3 puts it well. Verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. He doesn't say, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you hear another sermon. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. That attitude, I'm coming together with my brothers and sisters, and we're going to sing together, we're going to praise God together, we're going to thank God together. Someone said this, gratitude is an offering precious in the sight of God. It's one that the poorest of us can make and be not poorer but richer for having made it. A precious gift the poorest, one, the poorest of us can make and we're not poorer but we're richer for having made it. And I want to encourage you friends to leave here being thankful. How are you going to do that? Why don't you verbalize it to someone tonight? Just go up to them and say, thank you. Thank you for playing music. Thank you for preparing supper. Thank you for welcoming me. Thank you for being you. Thank you for, for oozing out thankfulness in your life. Thank you. Or maybe you know, recapture that lost art of letter writing. Just grab a postcard and just write, thank you for dot, 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 love from Paul. Or your name. Or maybe go home tonight and just just block out five minutes. Get a piece of paper and just jot down all the things, that the material things, the spiritual things, the people that you can thank God for and thank him. Please don't be a person who takes things for granted. Please be a person marked by, by gratitude because we have so much to be thankful for. Let me pray. Lord, uh, we give you thanks for you are good. Your love endures forever. We thank you as our creator, our sustainer, our provider. We thank you that you are faithful through all generations. We thank you that you've redeemed us, you've bought us. We thank you that you keep us, you hold us, you sustain us, you transform us. We thank you for the people that you place in our lives, our family, our, our friends, our work colleagues. Uh, we thank you for your, your daily blessings to us. Lord, help us to be thankful. In Jesus' name. Amen.